All right, I hear you folks. You're always saying it. Now I'm doing it. Uh, we're going to get Bill Anderson back on. Uh, he is that country lawyer that I've counted on so many times as my walking historian. Bill, good to have you on this Memorial Day. Wow, good to be with you, Joel. Good to be with you and Abby on Memorial Day, a day that has a lot of meaning for most of us North Dakotans. So what's what's the history of Memorial Day? I know... I know days like this evolve, but uh, when you think of Memorial Day and you look back in time, what's the history of it? Well, basically, it started after the American Civil War, and uh, and uh, at least on the, most of the histories that I've read, they indicate that it started in the in the South because uh, there wasn't any organized uh, recognition for the uh, Confederate. Uh, uh, dead from the Civil War at that point in time. And, of course, uh, then there were also Union soldiers buried in those cemeteries, and the people just gradually adopted everybody, whether they were uh, Confederate States of America or United States of America, and uh, would uh, uh, put flowers on their grave. And it was usually in the spring, and uh, uh, gradually the, the tradition spread, and the northern states uh, 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 kind of took up the practice. And, and uh, eventually, pretty much everybody settled on the 30th day of May as the day for Memorial Day. Well, then in uh, 1971, uh, the federal government finally made it a national holiday and designated uh, uh, the last Monday in the month of May as the date for as the day for Memorial Day. So the date changes every year now, but it uh, it's the last Monday unless a state opted out and decided to keep on. Uh, uh, using May 30th as their uh, as their day. So so since uh, 1971, it's been the last Monday in in uh, May. And uh, right now, I'm out here at the Rutland Cemetery, uh, sitting on a on a bench that's out here uh, while uh, a group of my cousins are decorating some graves out here so yeah in preparation for memorial day so bill you know explain to people why and uh, you know and i know why doreen heitkamp was so big on it because she was head of the women's auxiliary of the matter vfw and any money they could raise made for a a, a better day for the matter vfw uh but explain to people why she had every one of the heitkamp kids with an old folgers can plump full of uh of uh, poppies. Uh, explain why we were running around selling selling those. Well, uh, you know that uh, the poppies that comes from World War One, uh, and the the American Legion was organized uh, uh, immediately following uh, World War One, and if you uh, uh, recall. Uh, uh, learning the uh, poem uh, in Flanders Field, the poppies grow between the crosses, row on row. Um, 
that uh, uh, that's where the tradition of the poppies came from. The American Legion Auxiliary adopted that and has uh, uh, basically used that as one of their major uh, uh, fundraising uh, uh, efforts uh, throughout the year. Um, and the auxiliary does, as you know, uh, from observing your mom and the other ladies there at, at Mantador and Hankinson and uh, that uh, they um, they took their job seriously and they they did the best they did the best they could with the resources they had to uh, make sure that the grave sites were were uh, properly cared for and were properly decorated that they had the American flags on them and uh, uh, were. Uh, were uh, uh, ready to uh, to be properly honored on Memorial Day. So uh, that's but that's the that's the origin of the poppies is uh, World War One. So you, you mentioned that this all began Memorial Day, uh, and it started in, in the South with the Confederacy, with you know not the same type of celebration that we had in the North. What what was it like after the Confederacy? I mean, the North had taken one of the most pristine places in the whole United States of America, the Custis Plantation, and turned it into a graveyard. And we we call it Arlington to this day. And so how much, how much, how hard were the feelings between the North and the South post-Civil War when it came to issues like this? Well, there were some tremendously hard feelings and uh, and and the south uh, in particular uh, you know certain areas of the south anyway were devastated uh, during the during the war and uh, uh, and there were no programs back then to rebuild uh, and uh, reconstruct they they had we had a program uh, that got started under U.S. Grant uh, after he became president in uh, 1869 that they called Reconstruction, but that was mostly to reconstruct the attitudes of the unreconstructed Confederates down south, uh, not uh, to rebuild the infrastructure or help decorate or clean up or anything like that. It... it uh, um, uh, there were hard feelings, but as in a lot of cases, and I experienced this myself when I visited Vietnam a few years ago, the hard feelings between the soldiers who fought the war disappear a lot faster than the hard feelings amongst the general society uh, in which those uh uh, the families uh, and, and the other people of those societies uh, exist. So it, uh, um, uh, but it took a while. It took a while, and uh, it, it wasn't until uh, uh, the end of World War II that uh, Vicksburg, Mississippi, would uh, fly the American flag in their town square. So they went from uh, the uh, Civil War all the way to the end of World War II, 80 years, without without allowing the Stars and Stripes to fly in the city of Vicksburg. 
So um, you, you you take and you look at you know some of the Civil War heroes for the South, and you look at the mon- monuments that were put up to memorialize them. Uh, now quite controversial. Um, speak to me if you would, Bill, about you know what it's like then versus what it's like now. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's. Uh, the- there's a lot of uh, thinking uh, on this that's uh, that's still evolving, you know, even though the Civil War has been over for nearly 160 years now. But uh, uh, after the war, there was uh, uh, an attempt by the... Uh, uh, by some of the leaders in the South to rationalize the uh, the fight as uh, one uh, not to uh, preserve slavery, uh, but uh, as more of a fight to uh, uh, preserve states' rights. Yeah. Now, you know, I mean, I happen to think that states' rights was a secondary thing, and the reason they campaign for states' rights was because they wanted the right of states to keep slavery legal. But uh, uh, be that as it may, others can make their own judgment on that. But uh, 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 a lot of the monuments in the South were put up uh, to uh, glorify these uh, guys who led their military to to uh, glorify their memories uh, as a way to justify the war as a glorious example of of heroism in defense of their uh, home and culture. Yeah, I, I and, can understand. You know, uh, when we come yeah. back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have some more uh, with Bill. We'll get a chance to talk from a, a perspective of Memorial Day through the times uh, when we come back right here on the News and Views Radio Network. Hey, welcome back to News and Views. We're going to continue our conversation with Bill Anderson from Rutland, North Dakota. That's right, Sargent County. And we're talking about Memorial Day and the history of Memorial Day. Uh, Bill, when you look at presidents uh, that were leaders when it came to veteran service, uh, the belief of how veterans should be treated, actually their own military service who do you think of right away? Well, Harry Truman, for one, because he uh, uh, and he was a veteran. Harry, Harry Truman, President Truman was, but you know he took over administering the program that Franklin D. Roosevelt had started, the GI Bill of Rights, at the end of World War II and just made it a tremendous success that uh, uh, basically uh, changed the uh, uh, changed our, our society and our culture profoundly by uh, making it possible for so many returning veterans to uh, uh, go back to college and uh, get their degrees and uh, Instead of going back to the farm in uh, Indiana or North Dakota or Alabama or California, or whatever, and uh, throwing hay bales, they uh, 
they went to college at uh, Wapiton Science or NDSU or University of Minnesota or University of North Dakota, and they got their uh, CPA degrees and their law degrees and their engineering degrees and their architecture degrees, and uh, they uh, uh, they basically uh, rebuilt America uh, after the uh, after the Second World War. Even though America wasn't in need of a lot of rebuilding, I mean, we hadn't been bombed or destroyed like uh, Europe or or Japan. But they also those uh, those soldiers, those guys who came back and used the GI Bill, uh, they helped rebuild the entire world after World War II. So I, I mean, I I think of Harry Truman. He was a guy who who administered or made sure that that program got administered for the benefit of the veterans. And, uh, and it, uh, it was a tremendous success it was, along with, uh, social security. And I heard you, uh, you, uh, on Thursday talking about farm programs and, uh, you know, along with, uh, it's one of the most successful, programs of the federal government in the certainly in the history of our nation and probably in the history of any nation along with the Marshall plan uh, for the reconstruction of Europe after World War II it, it is probably one of the most generous and unselfish acts ever taken by any nation on behalf of others whether it was their own veterans or the uh, people in other countries who who suffered worse than we did during so the war. You mentioned Harry Truman. I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on uh, U.S. Grant. Uh, Ulysses Grant was an individual that, you know, had to put this country back together uh, after, you know, the, you know, hundreds of thousands of Americans died uh, in a in the Civil War. What What was it like? for U.S. Grant at that time to try to bring us back to together when he was never going to achieve the total goal, and, and we still haven't, I think, at times. Well, yeah, U.S. Grant, uh, definitely an interesting study. He was, uh, uh, he was loyal to a fault, and uh, that uh, uh, cost him some because uh, he was very loyal to some people who did not deserve that loyalty and who uh, got involved in some corrupt practices. And, and those, uh, those individuals kind of stained Grant's reputation for, for years uh, afterwards. But uh, Grant uh, really took the main thrust of the, uh, of what the civil war was all about and what Lincoln's, uh, aims were to for the uh for the rebirth of a nation to uh come to a new life uh, based on the old principles but extending those principles to uh to a wider group of uh of people instead of white men who own property all of a sudden uh, or, or I shouldn't say all of a sudden but over the course of a few generations we extended those rights to people of different races we extended those rights to uh, women we 
extended those rights to many who had been denied access to full participation in our society and our and our government and our culture for years before the Civil War. I think uh, Grant uh, recognized that, although you know maybe maybe he recognized it emotionally more than he did intellectually, but. But he uh, he instituted programs that aimed towards that goal. He didn't achieve the goal, uh, and we still have we still haven't achieved that goal. We're 160 years out from the from the Civil War and the battles of Gettysburg and and uh, Vicksburg and and all of those. But but we're still working towards it. And I think that that was one of the things you can say was an accomplishment of grants that he, he, uh, uh, was able to, uh, uh, turn the, uh, uh, the government of our country to that purpose. And, uh, you know, granted he had, uh, he had opposition from many quarters, not just in the South, but in the North. And, uh, he, uh, but he was steadfast, much as, as he was uh, as a general. You know, uh, other generals uh, in the early part of the Civil War, uh, when they would meet up with Robert E. Lee, they'd get whipped in a battle and they'd back up and retreat to Washington, D.C. and lick their wounds and, and all of that. Grant never, once he became commanding general of the armies of the United States, he never backed up. Yeah. He just kept going, and then there were ter- horrible battles, and they yeah. they cost him some of his reputation too, because people said, "Well, he doesn't care about those soldiers; he's right. just a butcher." Yeah. But he knew how that war had to be fought in order to win it. Yeah, and exactly. he fought it, and he won it. Yep. Bill, always good to have these conversations. People love them. Thank you for joining us today. You bet, Joel. Have a great Memorial Day, and uh, lest we forget, yeah. remember what they did. That's a perfect way of putting it. All that from a Vietnam veteran himself, uh, once a Marine, always a Marine. Hey, he would want me to say that. Folks, I don't know what you're doing. I know this. You, you owe it to yourself to get out there and the communities that you live in and uh, you know, and memorialize the people you love. Good riding with you, folks.